Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage Success Radio Show 292, using engagement in the world's leading organizations on engagement and recognition programs. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine the light on good practice, and we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Denise Willett, who's Senior Director at uh, Achievers EMEA. So welcome, Denise. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. I was saying before we came on live that uh, we haven't had somebody from Achievers for a good few years, so really pleased to, to have you back on to, well, not you back on personally, but <laughs> the company yeah. back on to, uh, <laughs> to share some uh, some knowledge and experience with us. So really great to, to have you with us. So start by telling us a bit about yourself and, and give us an update on what's happening with Achievers, who are long-term supporters of, of Engaged Success, I have to say. So uh, give us a, a bit of an intro and also where where you are with uh, with the organization. Great. Thanks, Joe. Well, I might be a new voice um, on behalf of Achievers uh, on this radio show, but we've all drank the same Kool-Aid. So uh, I've been with <laughs> Achievers <laughs> working in employee engagement for seven years. Um, I spent the first part of my Achievers career um, in Canada working on the customer success side, so really focused on um, creating successful programs and successful uh, recognition, uh, listening and engagement programs for clients. Um, And two years ago, I moved here to London um, to work with this market. So it's been a very exciting journey. I'm very happy to be here. And I think I have one of the best jobs in the world because I have an opportunity to work directly with organizations who put people at the heart of their business strategy. Lovely. And uh, tell us a bit more about what Achievers do in terms of the sort of services that, that, that they're providing. Obviously, the, the, the bigger picture is around engagement and recognition. Uh, how do you deliver that within organizations? Yeah, so we um, we live and breathe employee engagement, um, and we deliver that through employee recognition programs as well as mm-hmm. um, em- employee listening. So uh, I have I did have a life uh, before Achievers, and that was also in technology and digital transformation. So really excited to bring um, that that interest of mine uh, into the employee engagement mm-hmm. world through. Uh, recognition and listening through technology and a platform. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So we mentioned that Achievers have been involved with Engage Success for um, a good few years, I think probably five or, or six years right through to the beginning of the, the radio show. And clearly the the engagement world and, and the w- world of work has changed quite considerably in recent years and employees' needs and, and the sort of actions that employer, employers need to take in order to uh, work with their employees has changed and is changing. How do you keep up with that? What 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 do you do within Achievers to make sure that you are, um, you know, at the sort of 
front edge of, of all of that change. Yeah, there's been uh, quite an evolution um, in in the workforce. I mean, I even kind of draw upon my own um, experiences. And you know, when I entered the workforce, I um, I, I worked with a, a very large organization, and I thought I would be there forever and ever and ever. Um, but I started getting interested in in doing something something different, something a little bit more aligned with my own interests and values. And I think that's what we're seeing overall um, today is that. The workforce is very purpose-driven, so um, there's lots of information and studies that talk about the fact that um, employees, uh, they, they don't want to make money, of course, that's important, but purpose is equally as important, and they want to work for companies uh, whose values match their own. So we're seeing kind of a shift in power. It's no longer owned by the employers themselves, but this view of work being um, a two-way street and we spend so much time at work, so it's really important for um, the, that excitement and, and those relationships to be there. So I think you asked the question of how do you keep up with this? Well, it's it's not it's not easy. There's a there's a lot of technology out there mm-hmm. to help do that, but it's it's more important than ever um, to keep up with this these purpose driven expectations because we know uh, the workforce is not as highly engaged as as we'd like it to be. Um, and we need to change that. So the way that we keep up with that evolution of achievers is through um, recognition um, and listening to employees. We know employees, they have the answers to our business problems, so really including their voice um, in, in the action and taking action on solving those problems. Mm-hmm. And. As you said, you've mentioned millennials, and it's it's a sort of an ongoing debate, isn't it, about whether uh, <laughs> the generations are truly different or or uh, or not. And I guess it depends on which generation you're in when you're <laughs> responding to that. But uh, Joe, who's my uh, fellow co-host on the the radio show, does a, a, a presentation on a fairly regular basis about you know those differences across the the generations, and says you know there's a lot of commonality but actually fundamentally some of those uh things around as you say purpose which fits very nicely with our four enablers around having a strong strategic narrative you know is key regardless of what generation people are coming from or whatever it's sort of the thing of the moment isn't it yeah and i mean i think that's where personalization becomes so important because you know it's not a one-size-fits-all um approach uh, when it comes to yeah. feeling great at work. And it's not even a, a one-time fits-all. So, you know, how I felt about work yesterday is different than how I felt today. It's different than how I'll feel next week. So we can't we can't tackle those generations or days with, with exactly the same action and expect, um, you know, deep outcomes. Mm, mm, yeah, As you, absolutely. As you said, you can sort of, make these broad statements and, and say, you know, this is the way that things have, have changed in terms of generations. But fundamentally it comes down to an individual and how they feel when they're in the workplace. Absolutely. And, you know, I think um, this individualization is really interesting because um, you know, I read a, a study recently that talks about the fact that managers uh, actually hold 70% of the variance on how an employee feels on a day-to-day basis. Um, So that's a lot to put on leaders to be tackling employee engagement 
um, daily. So how do we, you know, how do we give them the information they need in order to um, be able to take action on that, but not just uh, action in, in big chunks, in, more in small chunks and really purposeful and um, targeted at their specific teams and their specific employees. So how do you do that? How do you enable managers to be able to treat people individually and provide that listening opportunity and, and give that recognition? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, recognition being the um, most positive form of feedback and, you know, talking about that kind of alignment of, of values. So um, in, in our world, recognitions, every single recognition is aligned with the company values. Um, think about it as an opportunity to kind of take the values off the wall and embed them in the everyday culture. So giving um, not just managers, but managers and employees the tools they need to be able to um, say what good looks like. Feedback is such an important part of the day-to-day. So that's one way. Um, the other way is let's stop giving leaders so much data uh, data and just dumping data on them and expecting them um, to do something with it. We need to actually help by telling them what needs to be done. So, you know, I think about sort of uh, employee engagement surveys as a whole and uh, surveying once or twice a year is like, you know, you might get a, a pulse check at those times and be able to um, drive a couple really large organizational initiatives that are impactful. But what if we can empower managers by uh, offering a more regular view of what their employees are saying and then offer up actions on what to do about it, uh, whether it's career development or communications or tools and tech. It might be very specific to one um, group uh, than it is to another. So being able to give that to managers and allow them to take action. And you talk about, you've mentioned the, the phrase employee experience. Um, so far, uh, which is something that's been sort of quite hotly debated, isn't it, in uh, in the sort of leadership space and, and particularly the engagement yeah. space as to, you know, is it the new word for engagement or is it something different or, or whatever? Uh, where, How do you describe that uh, in, in terms of what, what you're doing at Achievers? Yeah, I mean, the employee experience itself is... is um, it's impacted by so many things. It's not just um, you know the work that I that that an employee does every day, but it's the environment. It's what's happening in their world. It's um, it's really kind of everything that uh, that happens. And interesting um, interesting observation too is that sometimes people can receive things differently. So I've seen occasions where um, you know. I'll get comments in a, in a survey and someone will say, you know, I think we need to do better on communication. And someone will say, I think we're doing great on communication. So the employee mm-hmm. experience is very unique to each individual. So opening the door, I think, and allowing that conversation to happen. And, um, you know, as a leader, knowing that I need to have that conversation is step one. So you're absolutely right. The experience is, is broad. But engagement, we know we can tackle engagement. The science tells us we can tackle it um, in many ways. But the number one trigger being through recognition. So if we're listening to our employees, we are giving that information to managers so they can actually take action and, and um, give them those conversation starters uh, and make it easy for them. And then we're also recognizing each other on a regular basis, not just once or twice a year, but often. Um, when those things all come together, I think that's really key. Mm. 
And that, that's quite different to how some organisations look at this. So organisations quite often will look at employee voice and they'll say, you know, this is the key. It's about talking to people, finding out, you know, what they think we should do, tapping into their experience and so on. And separately, organisations talk about recognising people. So, you know, have recognition programmes, um, you know, they, they put some emphasis on it. They perhaps, um, you know, encourage people to, I don't know, say, you know, when people's done a good job or whatever. Um, but they're not always put together and they don't always necessarily <laughs> go, go together with the values as well. And obviously that's something that you talk about. So what what's different? Why are you putting those two things very much together where some organizations treat them quite separately? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, so I was just at the Unleashed conference earlier this week. Many of you listening might have been there. And as I looked around, I thought, wow, what an exciting yet probably confusing time to be in HR. There are so many yeah. different technology solutions out there um, to tackle everything from you know, how do we actually run the business, which obviously we need to do, but then how do we tackle um, our most uh, prized asset, which are our people, because we know they drive our customer experience, um, and everything in between. So, you know, one of the mm -hmm. things that we really focus on at Achievers is um, bringing all those things together. So today, as a, uh, I travel a lot, and when I um, hop on the Heathrow Express and I've got my Air Canada ticket, we're actually Canadian, um, I expect all those things to just work together, and it just adds to my wallet. I don't think about it. That's the consumer experience that we've built. So um, bringing that into the workforce, I think, is also really, really important. And one of the key areas that we look at is um, in the flow of work, and I know this gets used a lot and um, thrown around a lot, but it is really, really important because employees expect their, uh, you know, their voice to be heard and to be recognized and, um, you know, to, to complete a course and get recognized for that, or maybe they're doing a wellness um, initiative and they get recognized for that, but they expect all that to be seamless. So that's really where we focus on tackling the things we know really well, but then integrating with other um, technology uh, platforms who do the things that they know really well. Yeah. And I guess when you actually start to sort of unpick it, connecting all those things does completely make sense because if you're recognizing people for stuff that is not what you're saying they should be doing, <laughs> whether that be values or, or whatever, then that, that probably doesn't make yeah. sense either, albeit organizations do do that. So when organizations are, are looking at implementing a way of 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 being, of, you know, creating this data, but then also getting their managers to do something with it. Clearly a key part of that is about having senior level buy-in because, you know, let's face it, we know that a lot of the situations we're in where it all goes horribly wrong is the fact that, you know, stuff's been invested in, but actually at the senior level it's not been really understood or um, really bought into, and that's where it then sort of all starts to fall apart. What sort of thoughts have you got for people around getting that that buy-in at that level, that senior level? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it ties back into this need to sort of um, look at these solutions more broadly because there's so many pieces of technology that we can buy to solve uh, our business problems, but um, how do they all come together to get the most out of that technology? Um, and I think, mm. you know, thinking about um, – 
kind of investing in employee engagement software is so important because we know that service profit chain, right? If we, if we have the happy employees, they will drive happy customers and ultimately will be more profitable for it. So I think broadening the conversation across the why, um, the why we're out you know, looking for these kinds of solutions to engage our employees in the conversation um, and, and bringing in stakeholders across the business and tying what the technology can do down to the bottom line. So can we reduce um, turnover? How can we impact customer satisfaction? You know, we have many customers who um, have that kind of global um, tie to the values, uh, but also then drive safety because that's really important to them. So, you know, the ability to, we call it kind of global yet local, so the ability to drive the overall business objectives, but then um, tie it into um, specific corporate objectives that you're looking to drive. And I think when you have that conversation, that really helps you build that business case uh, and is key to build a strong business case um, in order to invest in employee engagement software. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a sort of left field question here, having just returned from a trustee meeting with a, a small charity where they've, they've just implemented some software that's supposed to all integrate with other things and the person who implemented it has now left <laughs> and a bit of trauma around it's not working properly yet and should we be using it and it's not doing what we want it to and all this sort of stuff um and you know i just kept jumping in saying you know fundamentally this is a tool to achieve something we need to be really clear about what that something is before we start sort of going back from that because it's not about the tool it's about what it's supposed to be doing and as you've just said in these cases it's about uh having that, that, that chain all the way through and all the way across the organization and throughout the organization. But how, in practical terms, do you do that when you're trying to connect so many people in, with different priorities with a tool that mm-hmm. will apply to everyone? It, you know, it will help everyone, but you've got to really get them all to understand that given that then, but, you know, they're not engagement people. They're, I don't know, customer people, marketing people, logistics people yep. what's the what's the argument what's the, the the persuasion what's the support for the for the for the hr the engagement or even the chief executive within an organization to to enable all of that to to, to happen and people to really understand and implement across a whole organization yeah it's a good question <laughs> i think uh, i think you know if you if you're looking at a partner um in technology to help you engage them in the conversation, don't do it yourself. You know, as I think about um, some of the the journeys that we've had, um, starting with the why, with um, you know the the CHRO, it, it, there's already that understanding that engagement matters, right? I think the CEOs are yeah. even talking yeah. about this. We've done a number of polls that show that even CEO, you know, like it's becoming more part of the business strategy than ever before. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets it, but then you go, okay, engagement, yeah. great, everyone's happy. But what does that mean to our business? Mm. Um, and we're starting, you know, to get more broad um, uh, belief in the science that talks about the fact that highly engaged workforces outperform. So um, Gallup talked about the fact that they outperform in earnings per share um, by 147%. I think anybody wants to be there. We've seen this time and time again with our customers that um, as, as their engagement scores start to rise, 
the profits. You can almost plot them on the exact same uh, trajectory, which is, is really fantastic and interesting. Um, and we know, you know recognition and listening is a piece of that, but it is a really, really, really key piece of it. And then I think on the how, so first you start there, right? We know we have to do this for the overall. Then the how, you know, as a partner with our customers, we'll often have um, many conversations where we will uh, both arm our champion as well as join them on the conversations with, you know, the maybe the um, uh, business leaders to talk about how we can reduce turnover. So. And one example I think about of a, a business leader who really kind of leveraged recognition to um, drive her outcomes was at a large telecommunications company. And what was really interesting was there were four contact centers that decided to drive um, employee MPS and uh, sales, um, upsells of uh, device protection. And one of those four contact centers, the business leader was very, very um, committed to recognition to drive the business, and she uh, drove that same campaign but using recognition. So she, every time an employee got um, a customer SAT score of a 9 or a 10 MPS, they got recognized and the equivalent of um, about five pounds. And the results that that she saw was staggering. And what I love about this story is that because there were four contact centers um, running the same campaign and only one of them decided to use recognition to drive it, <laughs> you could actually see the outcomes. And so that overall, her overall NPS score for her entire contact center went from 7 to 48. And if you know a, a net promoter score, that is um, that is staggering, and the average telecom is somewhere around 19. So you can have some real impactful business results when you leverage recognition to drive those. Um, and as a bonus, she started looking at her turnover, and in her contact center, she had the lowest turnover across all four contact centers. Wow. Yeah. So I guess part of it is about sharing these sorts of case studies as well and showing how those sorts of results can be achieved. But what about some more practical tips for organizations in, in thinking about implementing recognition and, and listening technology within organizations? Yeah, sure. I get to ask this. We get asked this a lot, actually. And I think, you know, as I think about the journey, um, it depends where you are today, um, but a couple of recommendations if I was to say what can you do to, tomorrow to impact your um, recognition strategy, um, it would really be around if you have barriers to recognition, remove them. So I hit the gym once a year in January. I really hope that uh, that works for me, but it doesn't. I don't know why. <laughs> the same thing can be said for recognition. If you recognize somebody once a year, um, they're not going to really know the why or be connected to that. And also if it's not timely. So remove barriers to recognition. Um, remove approvals if you can or move them earlier in the process or just create non-monetary recognition. People just want to hear what good looks like and, and know that they're on the right path and hear that from their leaders. Um, so that's definitely one thing that I would do tomorrow if, if you can do that with your recognition program. And then if you're looking for a technology provider, um, think about the, 
the future-proofing. So we really talk a lot about crawl, walk, run, so being able to um, kind of start small. So I know a lot of times I get really excited and I'm talking passionately about all the things that we should be doing in that big, shiny end game, but where can we start? How far can we get and where do we want to go? And take baby steps to get there uh, over time. So, you know, if you want to start with just non-monetary recognition and then roll in um, wellness, roll in recognizing to drive more referrals, uh, any behavior that you want to drive, if you tie recognition to that, you can drive it. And then from a listening perspective, I think it's about making sure that the strategy empowers managers and, and even employees themselves. So uh, we're, you know, we're getting to a point where employees as much own their engagement as HR themselves. Mm. I love that. So, so how how do we get this stuff to work? I'm just thinking. You know, we've got technology. we we we've we know how important engagement is. We know that it's it's across the organisation and and everything all needs to be joined up and all that sort of stuff. And and yet I can still imagine not not your customers but other other organisations would like <laughs> implement the whole thing and then nothing would happen. It'd be like tumbleweed. You know, you'd have as you say the the sort of January rush for the gym you'd have you know that that initial rush of recognition right at the beginning and then it just stops or peters out or whatever yeah how do you how do you make that you know happen and keep happening and actually you know make it successful yeah well it's key to note that it's not just about the platform so the platform (laughs) um being being built in the right way um, is is important, and, and we build our software with an employee-first mentality in every single thing that we do. Um, but wrapped around that are services and best practices. So um, we don't just toss you the keys and drive off into the sunset. You know, we work with our customers side-by-side side and are as committed to the success of their um, platforms, programs, and, and defined outcomes as they are. So um, our customer success managers uh, work side-by-side to bring best practice. So sometimes we will um, not always say yes to everything. Yes, what color would you like the button? (laughs) We say, well, actually, um, have you considered doing it this way? Because let let us tell you why that works so well to drive um, usage and adoption um, and continued usage of the technology. And we don't talk a lot about the, the how to use the technology so much as we talk about the best practices and the why. So mm-hmm. leading, um, we, we know why, right? We talk about this all the time in, in HR, but do the employees, do the managers know what impact that they can have on their employees and their teams and why they should be leading by example, um, recognizing and uh, seeking feedback on a regular basis. And so we spend a lot of time communicating around those elements of um, of a platform. So you're absolutely right. You can't just put it in and leave. Those days are gone. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. then the technology can evolve over time, and that's what we're here to help with. Mm-hmm. I think, as you say, the, the whole thing around the, the why and the, the sort of business purpose uh, is, is so key. I guess which buttons to press in the end is largely irrelevant. People work that bit out if they want to do the thing that they're trying to do, don't they? Mm-hmm. And that's different depending on who you are, right? The what's in it for me is different if I'm a new starter who started 30 days ago from 
um, you know, someone who's been here for 10 years from a frontline manager to a senior manager um, to HR. So, you know, thinking about those different employee populations um, as well as, you know, where and how someone works. So we communicate obviously very differently um, in manufacturing or mining than we would, say, in, a, in the banking sector. So uh, mm-hmm. that is a real uh, key element of how we approach the discussion with our clients. Lovely. So we're just coming into the last uh, minute of the show, and we've successfully taken it back to personalization, which is how we started. (laughs) 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 Uh, So lovely. Thank you for for joining me, Denise. It's been really interesting. It feels like a bit of of a romp through it, as we we said um, before we came on. There's so much we could be talking about. So uh, we'd love to get you back on the show again uh, for another update uh, in the future. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Lovely, thank you. And just to let you know that uh, next week you have Joe Moffat back, who is going to be interviewing. Um, I've just lost my bit of paper. He's going to be uh, interviewing Tim Ackerman, who's um, head of global talent acquisition and experience uh, for. Um, an organization that I'm not actually sure if he's supposed to say <laughs> who he is and, and about them now for what she told me earlier. So uh, uh, Tim will be here anyway. He'll tell you all about it next week with Joe. Um, and they're talking about uh, creating a unique and frictionless experience for future and existing employees. So um, look forward to hearing from them next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.